Hi, and welcome to Bones Cast, a Bones podcast where we are watching and discussing the TV show Bones. Did I say Bones enough times? Um, I'm Ella. I'm Niara. And today we're going to be talking about the show's pilot episode. Um, this isn't going to be a rewatch podcast. We're not going to watch every episode because there are like a million episodes of the show and we would be doing the podcast for basically ever. But we are instead going to be highlighting important important arcs uh episodes or characters each episode we haven't totally decided what they're going to be but we're going to uh figure it out as we go um oh and then this is something we should talk about are we going to be doing this spoiler free i think Um, the first episode should be spoiler free i think the first you know what no Fuck that. Because who's watching? Who's like, this isn't a show that has like. (laughs) Hell yeah. Did you say curse? Fucking curse. (laughs) I like that you said hell Um, yeah, which which isn't a curse. Um, Okay. This (laughs) this podcast in general. This podcast in general isn't going to be spoiler free. um, But in this pilot episode. I think we. Yeah, it's been too long. And there's no one who's like. This is a game of thrones. It's not like lore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if you and also seen Bones by now it's too bad. That's like spo- it's like a spoiler-free Law and Order podcast kind of. It's like yeah, what? no. Okay, so th- it's not gonna be a spoiler-free podcast, but I think this first episode is gonna be spoiler-free somewhat. We may reference some future plot points, but this is mostly gonna be um, just about the pilot. Um, so I'm just I'm gonna read a little bit of info about the pilot. The pilot is the first episode it aired on september 13th 2005 niara what do you think you were doing on september 13th 2005 if you had to guess okay let's see 2005 i was eight years old wow really wow young i was thinking old i feel like i feel like i would have been younger in 2005 um september 2005 that's gonna be I don't know I think around that time my favorite song was Beverly Hills um, by Weezer by Weezer the clean version it probably the was the kids pop version that's a little bit of a spoiler for our upcoming game so we're gonna <laughs> save that for later okay um, I was probably doing the same thing which was listening to a Weezer song and I'll tell you what I wasn't doing watching Bones <laughs> did not know Bones I'm, existed no probably not um unless my mom had it on in the background um this this episode was written by hart hansen who created the series and directed by greg yailanis it introduces the two main characters this is from wikipedia dr temperance brennan played by emily deschanel of bones fame (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking about this and i couldn't think of a single other thing that emily deschanel had been in no she's famous for playing bones Bones and being zoe deschanel's sister exactly yeah (laughs) she's a she's zoe deschanel's and caleb deschanel's daughter i might ask i might add um and then also david boreanaz of buffy fame plays booth yes uh i'm a huge buffy the vampire slayer fan so in my in Although my mind, hot in any decade what hot in any decade yeah he's so g- hot to this day look him up on yeah. twitter um <laughs> that's not where you look for pictures <laughs> yeah not on instagram <laughs> um 
I thought we would tell our own Bones origin stories if we have them, like what, how we got into Bones and and why. Do you uh-huh. want to do that? Okay, I'm sure. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do mine first. My Bones origin okay. story is that my family was the kind of family that ate dinner while watching TV. Like mm-hmm. we would all sit at the counter and watch TV in our kitchen, mm-hmm. and we would often Bones was always playing when we would play dinner when we would have dinner. So, which is a hor- it's a horrible show to watch while you're eating dinner, but we would always watch it. And so that was my. I was gonna say I, I can't think bones. of a worse. It's so bad because they're always digging through like remains. Yeah. Disgusting. We've since now we don't watch bones remains. now. Now if I'm home, I don't live at home anymore. But now that I'm home, now if I'm home, we'll watch Family Feud, which is a lot better. Mm. but it used to yeah. be bones <laughs> like pretty much exclusively or castle although uh steve harvey's so, mustache is equally nauseating it's true he yeah <laughs> i no comment um so that's my bones origin story and then at some point i think probably when it, it i first watched the whole thing on netflix that was a while ago but what what's your bones origin story um for me I think Bones is the type of thing that I would watch over the summers, home alone, like doing the dishes, flipping through channels, trying to find something to listen to while I was doing the dishes at home when I was like 13. And so I'd Mm -hmm. seen a couple episodes here and there. And then this past summer, I needed something to watch that was not The Office and had enough seasons that it wouldn't break my heart too soon. And Bones was on Hulu with no commercials. And I had seen episodes from like the first couple seasons and the last couple seasons. So I knew kind of like the general arc of most of the characters. But I didn't know really how they got there. So I was really excited to watch for those reasons. And I just flew through it and I couldn't stop talking about it and was probably really obnoxious about it. But here I am. No, yeah, you you texted me a lot. Um while you were watching it and I highly enjoyed it yeah it's on Hulu with no ads if you want to if you want to watch through Bones and I have no idea why I've never seen a show on Hulu that just doesn't have ads for no reason um and I I (laughs) didn't bother to do any research about that so we may never know um yeah there are very few there are very few shows like that yeah I feel like Bones is the kind of show that you do just put on in the background like when you're doing dishes and stuff or when you're watching mm-hmm. tv with your family like it really is like a show that just is is on like it's one of those shows that everyone knows because it's on um and that kind of gets at something that i like really like about this show which is that it's like a classic network television procedural that makes you feel like sort of warm and fuzzy inside um <laughs> that I don't know that we're like sort of cherishing in the same way that we used to and I want to no. and that's why we're cherishing bones in this space yes. um so hopefully as we as we go on we can cherish it for its <laughs> for its many strengths as a as a long-running network tv show it did go on for 12 years I believe um yeah. which is a, a really long time yeah. uh for any tv show and it premiered in 2005 which i find to be kind of an interesting time in network television because there are a lot of shows that started around then like lost had just started the year previous 
which is another sort of nat, uh, you know, classic network television show. Veronica Mars, which is not particularly significant in the history of network television, but is like my favorite show, premiered in 2004. And then Friends, Frasier, and Lizzie McGuire had just ended. <laughs> Lizzie McGuire, a classic <laughs> network TV show. <laughs> Um, perhaps only uh significant in our lives yes yeah right well and the lives of many other i think that's what we were watching in 2005 if i had to be honest or 2004 um and also house in 2005 i don't think i was even allowed to watch disney channel seriously wow Um, yeah i wasn't allowed to watch disney channel until i was like nine or ten the other show that I think is sort of pivotal, which was also on the Fox network and I think illuminates a lot about Bones, is House, which is another like mm-hmm. sort of semi-procedural show about like a obstinate, really hyper-intelligent like kind of asshole who, you know, like everyone has mm-hmm. to put up with because he's so good at what he does. Um, and I kind of think of Bones as like yeah. a female house, sort of. As a sh- as a show, it's sort of like a female house situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I personally like yeah. Bones more, but we're here today looking for when Netflix started to stream. Yeah, because Instead we're curious. We're curious discs. how TV works, and or I am anyway. And I've also just learned that Desperate Housewives also started in two thousand four, which is like a Can very I just classic. Say- Netflix was founded in 1997. This I did not know. It was. And here's a... Do you want to know a fun thing about Netflix? It's a little bit of a tangent. But Netflix always wanted to be a streaming platform. Interesting. Basically. And they were like... They basically knew they didn't have the technology when they first started. And they were they were basically... As I understand it, they were trying to find a way to sort of tie themselves over until streaming. So streaming was sort of their end, end goal the whole time. And also, I think it's worth noting for a, for Bones that CSI had also already started airing and was like mm. a huge, it was a huge hit for CBS. Um, it started airing in, do, 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 unclear, 2000, um, starring the great Ted Danson. And that is like sort of, I feel like Bones is sort of like Fox's attempt to get that that good 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 csi money um okay do you want to get into our game let's yes. get into it the game. i'm i hate surprises so i'm i'm ready to know <laughs> i'm surprising niara with this game i haven't told her what it is because i didn't want you to do any research and seem like you knew more than you did so the su- the surprise game is that you're going to guess the top movie and the top song on the billboard charts top movie in the box office top song in the billboard charts from the week that bones aired oh no <laughs> oh my so gosh so i'm i'm looking it's uh september 15th was when it aired and is that correct no september 13th so wow. i think the near the nearest weekend to that is going to be the 9th through the 15th and okay actually i'm looking at the movie that won that weekend and it's a movie I've never heard of. So we're actually, we're not going to do that weekend. <laughs> you didn't um, check before you asked me to do this? <laughs> no, I didn't. It's, it's called The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I've never heard of it, but it 
it made a lot of money. I've never heard um, of it. AV Club would then, never do this to me. Who? AV Club would never do that to me. <laughs> um, I'm going to go all the way to November, which I think is the first time that you would know what might have won. So we're going to do the weekend of okay. November 4th. And it's a movie? It's a movie, and okay. I'm going to give you a hint. It's animated. No, I know it. Oh. What is it? Never mind. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a Harry Potter, but then you said animated. Okay, um, okay. So animated this is this is two. This is two. No, it's 2005. This is two weeks before. I like that you know that the Harry Potter movies are fourth quarter releases, but this is two weeks before Goblet of Fire. I was for a gonna weekends. say Goblet of Fire. Damn I think it. we'll give the judges will give it to you for Goblet of Fire because you knew, but this is two weeks before then. Two weeks before, and it's a, it's an animated movie with animals in it. That's what I'm. That's, that's is it hint. Madagascar? No, it's it's. I don't think it's DreamWorks. Okay. I think it. An animated movie with animals is literally it's not Disney. helpful. It's, it's Disney. All, I know. Well, all of them have animals. <laughs> it's Disney, not not DreamWorks. It's, a Disney movie that was released. There's an animal in the title. Princess and the Frog. No. Damn. An animal I, in the title? Yeah. There's a... Okay, here's a fun hint. There's a Spice Girl song. Ratatouille. What Spice Girl song is in the Ratatouille movie? <laughs> I don't know. None. <laughs> There's okay, a Spice Girl shit. song in the movie. I'll give you one more guess, and then I'm going to give it to you. Yeah, please. Okay. okay. Um, I really, really, really want to zig a zig. Aww. Yes, yeah, that, that is the Spice Girls movie. I mean, but song that's in the movie. An animated movie about animals that uses Spice Girls in 2008. I think I blocked this year out. I have no idea. It's Chicken Little. Oh my goodness. I'm glad I blocked that movie out. Ugh. I love Chicken Little. That movie. It's the end of the world as no, we know it. No, but Chicken Little's weird duck girlfriend, or was she a goose? She freaked okay. me out. She had, like, crazy eyes. <laughs> okay. Um, that says maybe. Look her up. I'm serious. <laughs> I will look her up after we finish recording. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so okay. now we're going to do, now we're going to do what was on the billboard charts again the the song that actually won the weekend that bones aired is something i've never heard of called just the girl by the click five and i don't know what that song is but then (gasps) oh my gosh i remember the click five i had their cd because my mom's best friend represented them for like a week oh wow this is classic niar has so many stories about how her mom knows famous movie people or music people but so then then a, a song i'm gonna give you a hint it's a rap song dominates the charts charts for like seven weeks interrupted by one week of a rock song so if you can guess the rap song and the rock song that interrupts it for a week that would be great and 2005 the rock song? rap song yeah so the this is a rap Wait, song why do that i dominates have 2008 in weeks. my head it's 2005. Oh. That's why I was messed up. I mean, I wouldn't have gotten Chicken Little otherwise. But I, I don't believe that you would have gotten Chicken Little. 
I never would have, no. Um, a tooth, is it, yeah, by, no, but that's, that is a good guess, I think that was earlier in the year, maybe, it's not Usher. I remember the first time I ever heard that song. A 2005 rap song. Can I phone a friend? Who's your, who, what friend? Zoe. Oh, yeah. Is she there? Zoe for sure knows this. Yeah. Hold on, I'm going to text her. Yara's roommate, so Zoe, is going to gonna phone in. She probably does. It's She 100% knows, she knows this song. What do I win I if mean, she knows you, it? No, you know this song. You just don't know that it's this song. You you know the song all too well, I'm sure. We China. may cut this whole bit out because it may be boring. <laughs> no, I love this. You have to keep it. <laughs> okay, maybe Shit. I'll do this for maybe I'll choose an episode every episode and we'll we'll guess the the top box office. Um, it's not yeah. No, it's not yeah. Is that how? No, she's gonna come over. Yeah, by Usher came out the year previous. Oh, two thousand four. Damn, so close. Um, On his Confessions album. Fuck, my phone a friend is in a different building. Okay, I just texted her. Which, by the way, I think you should get points because you already referenced Beverly Hills, which. was the number one song in the billboard charts in april oh um so you did you so really what do i win knew exactly oh nothing nothing you don't win anything i don't win um, anything and then this this wow. rap song that you're trying to figure out is interrupted by a rock song that's a nickelback song called photograph. i knew it was nickelback it, yeah oh i was about to say photograph damn yeah. I would have won a point. But they and Although then it goes I back. Know the points are meaningless. And then no, it then it goes back to gold. Oh, Gold Digger by Kanye <laughs> West. <laughs> I just said it. I said it. Okay. In the future, I'm gonna be better at this game, and I'm not gonna tell you the answer. Um, and then Gold Digger is interrupted <laughs> by my by Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, it's Kanye my West humps. featuring Jamie Foxx. Also a classic Digger. song. Yeah, My Humps also. <laughs> co- and then by the end of the year, it's All I Want for Christmas is You, which is also fucking great. I fucking <gasps> love that song. That was our fun game that I sprung on Niara. And you, I think you did a good job. I, can't, I was so surprised that you mentioned Beverly Hills. You really nailed that one. Because um, that probably was ex- literally exactly what you were listening to. I'm pretty um, sure I got zero points correct, but that's fine. You'll we'll send you something in the mail, like a plaque or something that says you did oh, well okay. in the game. But since it's also my podcast, do I have to fund the plaque? <laughs> you have to send the plaque, <laughs> the plaque also that says to you yourself. Tried. <laughs> yes, yes. That's fine. <laughs> now that we're done with all of our fun games. We're going to get into the pilot, Aww. which is a crazy episode of TV that I love. I think it's great, and we're we're going to get into it. I did find the script for this episode, the, the original script, like not a transcript, but the script. Oh, really? And something that I think is important to note is that on the script it says Brennan instead of Bones, as if maybe they were thinking of calling this show Brennan, which would have been a horrible title. Ew. Don't you think? Yeah. It was like... 
yeah the 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 working title for this was brennan and not bones which like can i just note before we begin that yeah we're beginning this episode well we've begun a a bunch of times but before we get into the nitty-gritty of the episode it needs to be noted that Bones calls Booth a rat bastard in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) And, um... Yeah? I really admire the creative use of old-timey insults. (laughs) And I think maybe that should be a Well, she only has old-timey insults because she's so out of touch. She's so (laughs) out of touch with all common slang. (laughs) We should do... We should do a segment. We should do a segment where it's like is Bones a time traveler? And she says something really weird as shit that, like, a 90-year-old would say. Um, (laughs) But we start out this episode in an airport. In Dulles Airport in Washington, D.C. Brennan's getting... Yeah, me too. Um, (laughs) Brennan's getting back from uh, Guatemala, we find out. And Angela is there to, like, pick her up. Yes. Um, And she is, like, running through the airport... And she goes up to a guy who's not giving her the time of day about whether the flight has gotten out or not. And she, we start out strong with Angela's character because she flashes this guy to get his attention. And there, okay, there are a couple of things that I find very strange about this. A, that you would resort to that. Like I've, I mean, I guess this is just TV, but this is such a strange move. Second of all, what Angela is wearing under what is a pretty respectable work outfit is like a weird corset yeah she's, she's like wearing like a bustier wearing like a, yeah like why would you wear that under like a button-up <laughs> shirt it's just because so weird this is network television but it's edgy it's network true. television and so that's what right I'm telling okay you. like well, you're gonna Angela, see some shit this, on this show <laughs> this is an edgy network television but angela is edgy i guess that's what you they want you to know about her yeah um yeah that's a that's a recurring theme is that angela is the edgy cool one and i want to read the description of her character from the script which is early 30s sexy bohemian body fun wait (laughs) to pick up a friend (laughs) honestly i think that plays throughout the series i think yeah no she's definitely bohemian that's for sure um so that's that's like such a weird moment to me i was just like this is weird that she's doing this and also what she's wearing under her shirt is so uncommon and would never happen yeah it's Um, uncomfy the whole way through yeah and then she finds brennan and is like oh my gosh how is guatemala were they terribly backward there which is horrible it's a horrible thing to say um they would i don't think that would air today yeah yeah um, never never in and a million then, years and then brennan <laughs> is carrying <laughs> a skull in her bag just loose it's not in a yeah. bag or anything it's like just a skull in her bag which is seems pretty horribly unscientific right yeah like, can I we feel just like pause on, get that? on there yeah there are so many times throughout the series when bones is yelling at somebody for not following the protocol and, you know, like, fucking up the remains. She's like, oh, you're destroying evidence, blah, blah, blah. And the first time we're introduced to this character, she's just strolling through an airport with, like, 
a centuries old skull. <laughs> yeah, from Guatemala. in her carry on. And is that all she brought back? Like, why couldn't she put the skull? She doesn't appear to have. What is the a skull for? Bag. Is it There's... for fun purposes? <laughs> like, is it for home decor? Because that's the only <laughs> like explanation. I have. It's I'm so troubled. confusing. I'm troubled um, by this. But the reason we find out about this skull is that she's detained by like a man dressed in a suit. Um, who's been following them and she she turns around all like intense and is like why are you following us she like pulls out some martial arts skills um and he detains her like for kind of un- unclear reasons he's homeland security so she gets detained and she's like yeah. is this what you want she like pulls out the skull and we're all like what the hell is going on why do you have this skull and then she goes um, she's taken into this interrogation room, um, where the, I call this interrogation room exposition central because <laughs> this is where all the exposition is revealed. Um, so she says very on the nose, I am Dr. Temperance Brennan and I've been in Guatemala for two months identifying victims of genocide, including him. So we do actually figure out who this skull is. It's a victim of genocide. And for some reason, I guess she, he was her favorite victim and that's why she's scaring his skull around in a bag this whole skull situation Um, is really glossed over yeah it it doesn't make any sense um but but basically it kind of becomes clear that and then booth comes in and it becomes clear that he like got her detained um through his powers of fbi yeah it's a cutesy workplace prank Yes, exactly. But also, she, he needs her for something. Um, and so we find out in this scene that she identifies bones, um, and that they've. We kind of learn in this that they've worked together before, uh, and and he says, you know, bones identifies bodies for the FBI. She writes books. She writes books, and she doesn't have a lot of power yes. with the FBI right now. She writes books, which okay. Watching this pilot, and we'll, we'll get back to this at a couple different points in the pilot, but watching this pilot, this is by far one of the weirdest things about the pilot to me, which is, and, and the whole series, the premise of the book. So it should be said that this is based on a series of books that an actual anthropologist wrote called, her, her name is Kathy Reichs, and she Love wrote Kathy books about- Reichs. She's so cool. Yeah, me too. Mostly because of um, bones. Mostly because of bones. <laughs> I've never read her books. Um, <laughs> although I do own one of them. But oh. she she wrote these books about a doctor named Temperance Brennan. And then in the show, Temperance Brennan writes books about a woman named Kathy Reichs. That's like the whole fun joke of it. That, that was clearly yeah. like the pitch of the show. But when you get into the show and you start to watch the pilot, it, like b- because so much of Brennan's identity is formed around not understanding humans i mean like this whole episode like later they go visit victims families and like she's such a like insensitive person to them that it doesn't make any sense that she would be good at writing books because writing books involves being sensitive to like human emotions and human the human condition which brennan clearly isn't it doesn't make any sense that she would be good at writing books like fiction books, you know, and and she has yeah, such a disdain everywhere. that part of the book, which is weird. It's very strange to me. Um, but yeah, we find out that she's she is well, an author. Later, we do learn that it's Angela who's mostly helping her write romance and sex. Oh, really? You mean in the show? 
or later in the pilot. I don't in remember that. In the show, that. yeah. Oh, okay. In the show, yeah. Well, that I, to my knowledge, that's not explored for many seasons. <laughs> or it's unless not. that happens and I forgot. Um, no, it's not. I'm saying this as someone who finished the series for the first time very recently. Well, that's good. I, but it's I not rem- relevant. I like that years and years into the show, they realized that that was a weird plot hole and decided to fix it. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, we'll get, we'll, I'm sure we'll encounter this again, but I feel like one of the great mysteries of this show is how, how the, the purportedly cold-hearted Bones uh, writes good fiction. Yes. Um, but so then, you know, Booth and Temperance clearly have like a very sort of contentious relationship and mm-hmm. but he he drives her home from the airport it's unclear where angela went <laughs> she she went there to pick <laughs> brennan up but she just disappears um booth drives her home and they have kind of a fraught situation it's unclear why it, it's unclear why at this point but you can tell that they both find each other condescending in different ways mm-hmm. and uh they're they're both sort of insecure about the things that they don't understand and and what i think is really great about this episode about this pilot is that there's a lot of things that don't really fit that well like i think the squints as as it is are a little bit over characterized and really dramatic in their personalities and i think you know like angela being like this body sort of Mm -hmm. sexual best friend all of a sudden is a little bit much and I think that evens out a lot but I think that the the relationship between Booth and Brennan is so solid like right from the start it's really remarkable to me how that's how they get that well it has to be because I as the show goes on they have to find more eye-catching the gruesome ways to display unidentifiable bodies but you keep watching it for for the the quips yeah What's exciting about the show is watching Booth and Brennan argue about, you know, X, Y, or Z. Yeah. And I think, I feel like that's really well established, actually, in this episode. There's some clunky things about this episode, but I feel like their relationship is really convincing. And also, this introduces what I think is a great element of Bones, which is the green screen (laughs) in Cars. (laughs) Which is only going to get better. The green screen. <laughs> this show fun. tries really hard to be based in D.C. And I think so many yeah. things would have been fixed if they had just put themselves elsewhere. Well, I mean. I Like, he's FBI. I, I like it in D.C. He's I, FBI, I, I get it. Have... But, but literally every single scene where they're not in the lab or in the field is some really shitty green screen of Capitol Hill yep. or the Washington Monument. <laughs> And as the seasons go or, on, they get blurrier and blurrier. Well, you can tell in this episode that they did go to D.C. Like, there, there's more, at least for me, it stuck out that there were more shots of them actually in D.C. than there are in any well, other Well, yeah, episode. but it's just... Usually it's like an establishing yeah. shot, and then they're in, you know, whatever, a room. So this one actually has more than, than any of the other ones. But, uh, but yeah, it, it just clearly <laughs> isn't shot in D.C., um, the only time that they actually go on location is the uh, the London episodes, which I'm so excited to do a podcast <laughs> about because I, I freaking love those episodes. Um, but she she does this like crazy thing where she like is in his car and they get like into a little bit of a, a tizzle. You realize that they they had one other case together, 
and it, it did mm-hmm. it didn't go well necessarily um and she's like i'm getting out of the car <laughs> and she gets out of the car and booth is like um you know she's like i find you very condescending and he's like me i'm condescending and talks about how she mentions all of her doctorates all the time and it's just like this is very cute Bruce and ben and brennan stuff very um, classic yeah and then yeah it's very classic and then we go to and then they they basically kind of like agree to to help on this case um and she insists that she has full participation in the case. She, she has this, and this this persists, which is that she wants to be, like, in the field and stuff. Mm-hmm. Even though she's really bad about it, she, like, wants to be on the, in the field as well, not just lab work. Um, and so, you know, they extend, they extend their services to one another. And then we go to this cemetery where the body is for this episode. And we meet the best squint, Zach. You probably don't like Best Zach. squint, like Zach? I think. I think we should have a whole episode where... Episode about Zach. Not about Zach. About all of the squints and where we rank our favorite squints because I think you and I will vary greatly on this. Zach is okay. Yeah, and then once they have the, like, rotating squints, that also is a whole thing. I like Zach at this point. I think Zach's cute. He's He's, he's a little bit... He's a lot in this episode, but... He's good. He's better than Hodgins in this episode. Hodgins in this episode is like, oh my they God. really he's too, he's they really much. toned down Hodgins's personality over the seasons. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they they go to the cemetery and they dig up this body, and we we kind of learn that Booth has sort of a disdain for Zach and calls him squints. And also, I've noted that the belt that brennan is wearing in this sequence is ridiculous yeah it's brennan's fashion is somehow not even affected by the fact that it's the (laughs) early 2000s so much as it's affected by her affinity for horrible accessories and zach describes it as eco warrior which doesn't really make sense to me. No. Um, it's Wait, he, he describes her style? I don't remember yeah. that at all. Um, Pico. Yeah, he says this... Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, it's like she wears a normal outfit and then... Puts a crazy chunky belt puts, on it. Yeah. Or a, a chunky kind of necklace. Like archaic... Yeah, archaic <laughs> metal-heavy... Like semi precious. Yeah, stone she probably heavy. got it from Guatemala or something. I think the, yeah, the costume I think she design bought a bunch of clothes. Clearly, like, yeah, she got it wherever she was investigating. Probably the southwestern. Bones. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This happens on Veronica Mars too, which is that she wears some a, a fairly normal outfit, but then with a crazy belt. Um, the belts. They're just crazy. No one wears belts like that anymore. So anyway, we, we figure out that this is a crime scene um, at the cemetery, and there's a body, and uh, and then we cut to the titles, which I love. Love the titles. It is the great. They're still at the cemetery after the titles, and she's, like, sort of doing her bone magic. Like, this is the introduction of her bone magic, where she's like, oh, he's a she's a tennis player. She's 5'3". She's between 18 and 22. Mm-hmm. She says she has delicate features, I don't really know that what means that means. That means white. True? Is that true? Yeah. She turns out to be mixed race. Yeah, but 
there's this whole contention about like, oh, wait, everything we thought we knew about her is a little bit off. And that's when they realize she's half black. Oh, okay. Um, But yeah, Booth is clearly, you know, he's trying to be disdainful, but he's kind of impressed that she she gets all of this out of the bones. Um, By the way, there's a fun drinking game for this podcast, which is drink every time one of us says bones. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be blackout by the Um, end of the episode. Yeah, I don't know if we should endorse that. Yeah, no, no. Please drink responsibly. Um, So they go back to the Jeffersonian, which is the Smithsonian. Um, It's a fake Smithsonian. It is super fun that it's a fake Smithsonian. Yeah, and these are this is where we get some of our DC shots, and there are a couple of shots in these establishing shots that are one hundred percent not Emily Deschanel. <laughs> if you go back and look, like they're just like a body double that they got to be on location, I assume. And I think that's pretty. My funny. question is, what was Emily um, Deschanel doing that she couldn't have done this? Exactly. Well, maybe they flew her out to DC for only a couple of scenes or something. Um, but so they go back to the lab and Bones is staring at the Bones again. Uh, and she talks to Zach and she also talks to Dr. Goodman, who is, who only lasts the first he's the season, director, not to be a he's spoiler. He's the director of the Jeffersonian and he's a little dry, you know, he's a rule enforcer. He doesn't do much else. There's, like, kind of interesting no. stuff about how, oh, he used to do more of the hands-on science, and now he doesn't. And that's kind of the end of it. You know, he's not that interesting. He's like oatmeal. Yeah, he's he's purely managerial, yeah. basically. He He's there to be like, oh, the Jeffersonian can't let you do this. And I guess that's why he doesn't last past the first season. God bless him. It's not the actor's fault. Um, but rip Dr. Goodman. Um, and we also meet Hodgins, who is the quote-unquote bug, bug and slime guy. Um, and he's also a conspiracy theorist, which they lean into pretty heavily in this episode. Yeah. And then they also talk all about how they're all um, different characters in her book. And then we go to, we're in the lab and she is like c- reconstructing the skull piece mm-hmm. by piece. Do you remember this scene? It's like very bonesy because there are lots of sequences where she's just staring at the bones. Um, It definitely like, this is a show that'll put together for you how many things you don't think about when you like, say, watch Law and Order and think, how did they get caught? These criminals are so dumb. I could do that better than them. And then you watch Bones, and Bones is like, this is how you got caught. There are all these types of science you didn't even know existed. Case in point, Hodgins. Everything Hodgins does, no one on Law & Order would ever consider. But yeah, it's very boring to watch her put together the skulls after the first couple times. It is, but it's a nice little, like, It is a breather from some of the back and forth it's a breather and also the song collide plays yeah. which is the most 2005 song that's of all what time. we should have said and name the most 2005 song it's collide by how day
do you want to know the list that I found of uh, songs that or episodes that this was featured in in other shows? Like how many episodes? No, I'm just gonna read you the the song the shows that this was featured in. Grey's so, Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Jinx. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Friday Night <Yeah>. Lights. <laughs> Scrubs. Oh yeah. ER, which I guess was on at that time. Dawson's Creek, Cold Case, and One Tree Hill. Honestly, though, like, that in itself is the early 2000s. Those shows. Yeah. No, they're, they're really... That, that really encapsulates a time. Um, also, what I don't like about this, this other... This sequence with the skull is that she's gluing them together with, like, Elmer's glue. Like, You what? can definitely tell as the show progressed how many scientists called in and said what you're doing is completely incorrect because the way they set bones up she would never do that if she were an actual scientist right and not someone no. that hollywood and she wouldn't have it in her bag yeah, come either. on come on um and then we go to the fbi where booth asks his boss of of some kind to ask if he can take bones in the field and he's like just don't let her mess anything up um and then we go to bones apartment where we meet peter who is a character who i don't think ever comes back but no he's just her ex um this is such a weird shirt that she's wearing i just want to say and then also we get uh brennan's hate for psychology in this scene where she says i hate psychology um and she hates psychology for the whole series basically but we also learn that's that's like her only personality trait is that she hates well we also learn in the scene i think that she's an orphan that she was abandoned by her parents and they've never been found yes yes yeah she said peter says your intimacy issues are probably due to being orphaned so young which fuck you peter um and she says oh i hate yeah it's a really low blow from peter yeah it really is for someone who's no wonder peter doesn't come and yeah this is a big part of her personality is that she was orphaned um but she you know kicks him out and then we go to the lab and we see i think this is the first time that we see this like projector thing that angela has Mm -hmm. and she's always like oh i just cooked this up and this is the weird thing about angela is that she's like a character who's supposed to be like an artsy best friend but like Mm-hmm. in the function of the show doubles as like a computer genius like she's yeah, always just really like weird. programming shit and she doesn't have yeah. any degrees in programming at they all don't like ever... science of any kind well did she's she an ever artist. go to college because the whole thing with her is that she i don't remember when we see this happen but she and brennan met on the street like she was doing like yeah street portraits like and our... brennan was like yeah, oh can you draw this person <laughs> and then somehow it's so ridiculous bones was yeah, like please hire my friend and then her f- and then- i think she did go okay. to school but for art but she and but the computer science part of it doesn't make any i guess she just learned she it only ever wanted to work at the jeffersonian so that she could afford to move to paris to do more art and at some point between then and where we are now she decided wholeheartedly to commit herself to creating these 3d digital renderings of murder victims so really unclear she has she's applied for a patent for this design the show addresses 
the fact that she's a very sensitive artist and doesn't like drawing dead people later but i mean it still doesn't make any sense that she would be able to design this like supercomputer that that renders bones and shit it just well make here's the thing i don't know that this was really even possible in 2005 i mean we're talking oh, no. about this i mean hologram. can you do that now i guess maybe you can sort of i think you would still have something to project it on because if this could exist we would have like hologram communication like star wars you know like right. this like is Leia completely impossible hope. Yeah. exactly this is obi-wan yeah. but i, I that's okay that's that's part of bones that i'm okay with. no it's, i'm not okay with it this it adheres total- to science <laughs> so much in every other facet of yeah. the television show and yet but it has to, we're all has okay to be a visual component and i understand but that. this no it's insane it's insane it's no it's it's <laughs> it's inexcusable and i love the show and this is gonna be my this one is where gripe. and i disagree this is i i like the the projection no i love the projections i think they're ridiculous but i think it's bullshit oh, okay. that they're pretending that this is normal it's 2005 and they're like oh yeah she can make a hologram and sometimes people are like oh wow that's yeah. really cool and she's like oh yeah i designed it no they're like why aren't you the head of yeah. mit or yeah. nasa and also you're clearly just an artist anyway yeah i don't know anything about science but so in this scene we find out that the victim is everyone's like do you recognize her i feel like i recognize her it's cleo eller who was a uh senator's intern um and went missing and it's very sensitive for booth because he like failed to find her basically um by the way i really like the name cleo eller because my name is ella and my sister's name is cleo So I feel like it's I didn't just think about the Eller part together. Um, and then <laughs> Bones and Booth go outside and they like kind of squabble a little bit um, in the Rose Garden, which we see as an establishing shot a lot, but we almost never see characters in there. So I think that's kind of interesting. That is, this is clearly a, a location never. that's either they never use this location for real. The next time I can think of it is the Cindy Lauper episode, which is in like four seasons. So, oh my god, um, we have to talk so much about Cindy Lauper in this show. Wow. I know I can't. Oh god, I think we should just do a Cindy Lauper episode, but we'll we'll get to oh, that. So then, love her. Bones and Booth go and they talk to the family. Um, well, they they do a lot of exposition about the Cleo Eller situation, but basically she you know went missing. Um, and then, and they talk about it with Booth and everybody. But but Brennan is upset that he calls her Bones. Yes. Which I think is weird. She she kind of comes to love it, but it's funny that at the she beginning. She loves it and she pretends um, that she hates it, but she really does hate it in the beginning because she thinks it's reductive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they go to talk to Booth's boss and they're certain it's Cleo Eller. Mm-hmm. And then they go talk to the family. Booth is up, is excited because he's going to head up this investigation. Um, and they go and tell Cleo Eller's parents, basically, that she's dead. And this is the first time that we get, like, a Booth and Brennan sort of divergence, which is that, you know, Bone sort of feels that the truth is the most just thing to give somebody. And Booth has sort of a more human nuanced approach mm-hmm. to it. So, you know, she's like, oh, these people deserve the truth. Yeah. But he says, you know, they deserve our kindness. And that's sort of like 
that that's the that's the booth bones tension in a nutshell but it balances so well Um, when they're with the families i think it really shows how much they complement each other because sometimes both like sometimes as a as a team is too nice and he doesn't know how to ask for the information he really needs like he has trouble confronting the families because sometimes it's them and bones will be like did you kill her Right, right. I think that they make a really convincing argument in this episode for what Bones could lose from, could learn from Mm -hmm. Booth. And they do slightly less of a good job of what Booth could learn from Bones. But it it does become very clear that he has a really, a a very lot of respect for her. Um, Yeah. Even though she, he kind of makes fun of the squints and everything. Um, And then we go back to the bones they continue to to stare at the bones yeah um it's in this big bone room which becomes like a pretty standard standing set for this show and i kind of love this bone room because it's like all these drawers of bones that don't make any sense why they would be stored this way but it's like all these drawers of bones and it it looks really good on screen and so she's just like looking at the bones and she finds out that they're frog they aren't frog bones like they Mm -hmm. thought and that she was actually pregnant so now Um, it's a scandal like a now it's like a whole big thing. Um, and this also introduces Angela saying "sweetie" to Bones, which I sort of hate. I hate it too. Angela calls everyone "sweetie," but particularly Bones, and I think it's to humanize Bones because we're supposed to be like, "Well, Angela yeah. seems normal, and if Angela loves Bones, I guess we will too." We should love, but Bones. it's yeah. very gross and annoying. And I don't know if it's I the hate way the way she calls her she "sweetie" says it. It's so I'm condescending. Like, oh, fuck that. It is. Yeah. Ugh. It's so kind That's another thing that but wouldn't I air in 2019. I mean, I hope not. Except I'm sure that in 2017 when the show ended, that she was still calling her sweetie. Oh, but sure. I, they have this conversation that really lays the foundation for some of Brennan's sort of insecurities and growths in this episode. Um, and she says my favorite line of all time. Okay. Is it glug glug woohoo? No, no. So they're like talking to each other and she's like, oh, I hate psychology, everything. Honey, you ever think that maybe you come off a little distant because you connect too much? I hate psychology. It's a soft science. I know, but people are mostly soft. Except for their bones. Yeah. Except for their bones. (laughs) This is the best line in the whole series. (laughs) People are soft. Except for their bones. I want that to be the tagline for the show. Anyway, so then they figure out, you know, I only... Bones is, like, having an identity crisis because she's like, I only understand dead people. There's a really weird ADR line at the end of this. Uh, I'm going to spend this whole podcast pointing out weird ADR lines because I can't stand them. Um, But the end of this scene, I guess they didn't make it clear what was going on. And she says... um, I'm going to have to push this to the next level, which I think is a weird ADR line. Um, And then we go to Capitol Hill, I think, uh, where she confronts the senator and his assistant who we've met. And then, so we're going to have a segment on this show called This is Probably Illegal. I think her stealing his saliva here is probably illegal. Well, actually, what I've learned from Bones, and this may just be because bones pretends that this is legal 
But if you discard something of your own volition, the police can use it. That's why police always make you drink some water or something. Because when you leave, they're going to test for your DNA. Right. This is a PSA. Don't ever take the water. Don't take the water. Don't trust them. No. Yeah, especially, especially if you did commit the guilty. crime. It's usually best to not follow them to the police station, but if you have to, it's fine. How to get away with murder with yeah. Marinella. Here we are. Um, and then we go to the FBI where Booth gets scolded because... And we see in this Capitol Hill scene that she... You, you can see the way Brennan deals with things is very blunt. Like, she's just like, I think you did it, <laughs> and I'm going to get your saliva. It's not very elegant at all. It's not very, like, investigatory at all. And then we go to the FBI. Booth gets scolded because of this situation, and he basically gets fired um, from the case, which is a real bummer. Um, but you kind of see, as they leave the office, they kind of talk a little bit, and you see that Booth hasn't really lost any respect for Bone. I think, for me, this is one of those scenes when they're standing outside the FBI office where you know she's like don't be nice to me after i got you in trouble this is a classic booth and bones moment where you're like oh they're such a great team i love at least at least that's how i feel and then we go to oliver's what do you think about oliver Ugh. this is something i don't think would air in 2019 i was just gonna say oliver as if he's sort of normal i yeah it's super strange I don't think any He's of it He's so creepy. Would yeah. No, it's just not he, In my notes I say they go to Oliver's creepy with a bunch of wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was just um, weird. I yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of episodes that I think Law and Order um special victims kind of takes over that role on network television. Yeah. And and yeah. Bones doesn't have to do it anymore. No. And then we go back to the lab where they're sort of recreating the crime and how she was probably killed. And Booth gets all bent out of shape. And he's like, this is why there's cops and scientists is because y'all don't know anything about the real world. And then, you know, yeah. I think Angela tells Booth that she was orphaned young and she's like I think she knows about the real world so there's like kind of a there's a lot of like on the nose cyclization <laughs> that's not a word but yes yeah. psych- psychoanalysis in the word, <laughs> um, of <laughs> of Brennan in this yeah. uh, episode that is a little it's a lot I mean you just you don't like openly psychoanalyze people psychoanalyze thank you um, but it it works it works fine in this episode. And then we see Booth, or we see Bones in a shooting range, which I think is kind of a weird situation. Yeah, and and also kind of touches on the fact that it's kind of unclear why Brennan cares at all about being in the field, quote unquote, which is something she like sort of purportedly cares about in this episode, um, because she cares mostly about science and so it's unclear why she wants to get into the field yeah but she's out here you know shooting guns it's also unclear why she loves guns and i think the answer is that this show aired on fox i think that's literally the answer because there's no other explanation <laughs> meaning, what? meaning that it it needs to be like sexy and gun focused yeah like it needs to yeah. air on the conservative because there's no other oh i see 
Well, th- this is something that I feel like is going to be really interesting to talk about because I think this episode sort of shows us that, like, Bones in general is pretty apolitical. Yeah. I think, like, even in this episode about a senator, it's pretty apolitical. Well. But I think if we had to say, you know, Brennan is somewhat on the left side and Booth could be considered sort of somewhat conservative. Well, I think they do that very much on purpose. I think Booth yeah. is supposed to appeal to the right, whereas Brennan is more liberal and them duking it out is supposed to make us all laugh at one side or the other. Yeah, but I, I disagree in that I don't think that in, in most of their conversations, I don't think you're supposed to take a side. I think that's what is very fun about watching them. Like, I, I think you understand both sides all the time. Maybe that's what I mean by it being apolitical. Yeah. Like, it doesn't... Though I think they have some very pointed conversations, perhaps later in the seasons. That, that lean one yeah. way or another, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Booth says later, I was a, a sniper in the war. You know, Booth is a veteran. He's a sniper in the war. He He clearly the way he feels about duty to his country yeah. is very conservative but i think that he i think i think it's interesting to at least for you know i'm a more liberal person i find it interesting to watch him sort of be tested on those ideals yeah and then for him to defend them yeah you know yeah. and maybe it's just because i like love booth yeah i love booth too this this may or may not become a booth appreciation podcast. i yeah no i have a I lot of love for booth yeah He's great. He's so honorable. I he mean, is. in this episode, he's just, like, such an honorable dude. He is. Um, and not in, like, a weird problematic way, although, as we discuss it, maybe we'll figure it out that it actually is. But No. Anyway, so I think that this this shooting range um, scene is kind of interesting because I think this is the m- closest we get to them sort of, like, really calling each other on their shit. Yeah. Uh, homicides, they're not solved by scientists. They're solved by guys like me, asking a thousand questions a thousand times, catching people telling lies every time. You're great at what you do, Bones, but you don't solve murders. Cops do. Cleo Eller was killed on a cement floor sprinkled with diatomaceous earth. Traces of her blood will still be in that cement. One of us is wrong, maybe both of us. But if Bethlehem wasn't a senator, you'd be right there in his basement looking for that killing floor. You're afraid of him. Your hypothesis is that squints don't solve murders and cops do. Prove it. Be a cop. I think this also sets up the most convincing... You know, when I first... I wonder how much of this they put in there at first, but when I first watched this pilot, I was like, there's not going to be any, like sexual tension in this because i don't think that they had really done that yet but in this scene they're totally no they definitely did i think they definitely wanted to establish that they haven't decided if there's going to be sex or not but we should tune in to the next episode just to check yeah (laughs) i thought maybe in my memory of it i was like you know what i feel like they stumbled upon it halfway through season one no it just takes a long time they knew from the start it just yeah yeah. it's a very very slow build it's a slow burn but it's it's here in this first in this episode for it's worth the wait um and i may take this out because it's a spoiler but uh you you kind of find out later in the episode where they like 
relive their first first case oh, yeah the case before the Cleola case that they like made out before they uh got mad at each other and decided not to work with each other so yeah there's not like no history at this point although who knows if they knew that at this point in the pilot <laughs> um and then there's this really cute sequence where he's watching videos of her and she comes in and he's like you were right basically you called me on my shit and i was too afraid to go after the senator because he was powerful so he goes after him they go to the senator's house looking for the diatomaceous earth that she talked about and it's kind of weird because they say they needed the triple she he's like we needed the trip triple threat like we needed the they found they find the weapon in his house which seems like enough to me but i don't know anything about the law but they don't find <laughs> don't, they don't find the diatomaceous earth or something yeah <laughs> the diatomaceous needed... earth is a big part of this episode it is and i've never fully understood what diatomaceous no. earth is no it's in fish tanks and apparently but what is it Who i don't it? think it matters no no of course not this so much an of education booth, show. well so much of bones is talking about science and using the big science words mm-hmm, yeah and then someone else just saying what it actually means right and, and then so you realizing that learn. you're well at, at the end of the day i haven't retained any of it because i was just watching to see what would happen with booth and brennan so right exactly yeah <laughs> i mean like i the word occipital yeah shows up so many times and i have no idea what it means. stapes that's a that's stapes. a bone in the ear i know that yes now. um striations yeah. love them mm, yes yeah <laughs> um oh i finally found my note about <laughs> angela and bones uh which says people are mostly soft except for their bones and then i just wrote 100 exclamation points just because i like that line so much um but so yeah then they're, they're at this <laughs> this episode is going to be called people are soft except for their bones um but so yeah i mean at this point they they've actually kind of established their partnership really well this is what i love about this this pilot really establishes their partnership in a way that i think is successful Mm -hmm. um and you know booth is like oh we needed the trifecta but but they but there's still 10 10 minutes left in the episode so they go to the jeffersonian where they're all like drinking together at the jeffersonian i find this to be weird but this is the kind of thing that happens in tv shows they're friends outside of work yeah but only kind of (laughs) in their science lab (laughs) yeah yeah oh gosh um and then uh, really fudge the science on this someone one. says something that tips bones off and she does a classic tv thing where she says tell booth where i'm going or tell booth to meet me there and then they're like she didn't say where she was going did she it's like you could have you could have said you could have said it after her you could have been like oh wait where are you going but instead they just make this quick yeah. very tv so she goes to the senator's house but she finds the assistant there and then she like finds him sort of like cleaning some diatomaceous earth up apparently yeah and, and she's sees like, all ah, these fish tanks it's a really beautiful jacques yes yes <laughs> jacques Niara knows french in case you didn't know and then she <laughs> shoots him in the leg which feels <laughs> definitely illegal to me i don't know about that <laughs> um and then oliver comes and you kind of find out that oliver is now stalking brennan which is some bullshit this is why i yeah. hate oliver um so i where did brendan get this gun do we find out about that do you remember 
she's got some weapons that she doesn't really like to tell Booth about. Right. But there's the first, I'll remember the first Bones episode I ever saw was the episode that opens with her being like, I want a gun. So like later, it, it uh, like I guess an authorized one. Um, so it becomes a point of contention later on. But at this point, somehow she has a gun. And Booth shows up. Bones is like, oh, man, I still don't understand people. Like, I don't understand why. Like, I, I know he did it, but I don't understand why. Because she yeah. doesn't understand people. Because people are soft, but bones are hard. Uh, people are soft except for their bones. But Booth knows <laughs> it was to save his job. The assistant. So then we end up at the funeral which i find to be weird this happens in castle which is another show that i watched a lot as a kid and bones a lot and why would they go to the funeral of this person and also why they're are all you there. watching like, so Angela's many procedurals there. as a child because <laughs> they were on that's how tv works okay. they were always on <laughs> So I was like, okay. <laughs> they do this all the time in Castle. They like show up to the funeral. But this is so weird because Zach, Mr. Goodman, Dr. Goodman, Booth, Zach, or sorry, I already said Zach, Hodgins, Angela, and Bones all went to this girl's funeral. It's like half the funeral crowd well, is the Jeffersonian. Well, the family probably invites them because they're thankful that, you know, they helped them put their grief to rest. I guess so, but yeah. also... It shows you that they're not just scientists. They're scientists who care. They care. Yeah. Except for yeah. that most of them don't. Only It's really only Booth and Brennan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so they're all inexplicably at the funeral, and they're, like, talking about it. But then we get a classic, cute B&B, Booth and Brennan, <laughs> walk and talk. Um, they, they leave the funeral half of the way through. <laughs> to go walk and talk with each they other they also do this a which lot i think is a little bit disrespectful they do this a lot as well <laughs> um but this is a really cute little booth and Brennan walk and talk um where they sort of recap you know the implications of the episode and i always like these scenes but what i think is completely ludicrous about this scene is that brennan has written a book that she has no idea is on the new york times bestseller list yes impossible what? especially for someone impossible who is so concerned about racking up ac- accolades and being the best you would think that yes brennan absolutely knows that she is the best that week yeah but she clearly doesn't care about her fiction career i i want to know i don't think it's ever addressed oh well that's true show why she, she gets well, into then why does she ever yeah i was gonna say why does she write at all Outside of the fact that Kathy Reichs wrote the book that inspired these series. The whole reason that she writes writes is because it's the premise of the show. Ugh. Ridiculous. So she doesn't know she's on the bestseller list. And then she's like, what does that mean? And he's like, it means you're rich. Call your accountant. And she's like, I don't have an accountant. Which is kind of also pretty ridiculous. (laughs) Um, I guess maybe because she's smart, she can do her own accounting. Yeah, I guess. But this scene is super super cute and uh she you know the whole episode we she's sort of been told to open up booth is like you have to give some of yourself to people and angela says the same thing and in this final scene she opens up and she says you know my parents disappeared when i was young and Mm -hmm. it's very cute and then we get um and booth opens up too he says a ridiculous line which is as a uh as a sniper 
as a person i think he says as a sniper i know a little bit about killing which i think is sort of a ridiculous line but the idea is that they both uh open up and it's very cute and then they walk off together there's a and lot of bullshit the about booth being a sniper explaining stuff when they don't want to explain and there's mm-hmm, a lot of bullshit yeah. about brennan being super rich in that explaining stuff yes yes and yeah it it's i want to know so badly how she got into writing because it really doesn't make any actual sense with her character um it's it's, it's her bread and butter which i think is so ironic like writing is the reason she's rich it's not identifying bones no and also i find it funny that she's an anthropologist she's a forensic anthropologist which of course as a child i always thought meant bone person but being a forensic anthropologist has nothing to do with bones it's actually about like the cultures of humans do you know what an anthropologist is yeah but the forensic part means that it's bones no the forensic part means that it's about crime and like reverse engineering crime wait but but bones i mean i mean you do a lot of anthropology through bones because that's all you have of old societies right but like anthropology the scientific study of humans and human behavior it doesn't it's not specifically about bones no i know that but are you telling me right now forensic. that there are not forensic anthropologists me... who partner with fbi agents to solve crimes <laughs> i don't want to say that cuz i think that would significantly decrease my will to live <laughs> by half i i'm feeling but that right now i've just I'm googled upset. it i've just googled it and forensic anthropology is a special subfield of physical anthropology um that involves applying skeletal analysis and techniques okay so skeletal okay okay so it is bones forensic anthropology is skeletal forensic investigation okay okay but that's what made, about that's made me feel using better. it to solve crimes i, I mean man I don't I think we should leave it unsaid. Oh. I think we should just live in in the good world. Okay, so I think so it's if you have to recap- ask you already know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've recapped the episode, a no. great episode of television by all accounts. A great pilot. I think it captures what we all love about Bones just right from the start, which is Bones and it does. together. It does. Both is hot. We're going to get Bones We're going to get to some of our Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're both hot. Brennan's hot, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's great. But in a different way. She is very beautiful. She's statuesque. She's beautiful. If anyone was ever to be described that way, it's statuesque. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she has like very alabaster skin, which is very statuesque. But, um, and then Booth is just hot. There's no need to, um, discuss further. Um, but we're going to get to our segments. So we, I, I feel like we might change the, sub, the segments as we go on based on what the episode is. But this, this episode, we're going to do a couple segments. The first one is this would never air in 2019. My submission for this is Angela saying, are they totally backwards in Guatemala? Horrible. Why would she say that? Oh, here's another thing that would never air in 2019. When they realize okay. that Cleo Eller is of mixed race and Angela's trying to draw her and she goes Lenny Kravitz or what's her face from Ugly Betty. (laughs) Oh my 
my god <laughs> horrible vanessa <laughs> williams she goes lenny kravitz or vanessa williams vanessa that would williams. not happen although i know exactly First what she all, means very two- it is very 2005 but would never air in 2019 horrible yeah <laughs> um and then okay the second one i want to do is fashion watch mm. bones chunky necklace <laughs> in one of these scenes is not very 2005 at all but it is so despicable it's like a bunch of beads and i then think like a big as a general <laughs> i think as a general watch out for this in terms of 2005 plus fashion look yeah. out for bones wearing a boat neck lawn sleeve with a skirt that's yes. just past the knees, <laughs> tall boots, and a too tight blazer. <laughs> Is that something people did? Okay, so we should, full disclosure, like, we were not, like, fully of eight. You know, we were, like, eight in 2005. So were people wearing, like, weird knee-length skirts? Yes. I feel like they Long were. Long skirts and tall boots Veronica were a Mars. thing. They were. Yes. But the too yeah, tight no, blazer right. upsets me. It doesn't fit her. <laughs> and does. I know that the fashion now <laughs> is like wear clothes that obscure whether or not you even have a body. But like, <laughs> yeah. this is too far. It's like that. It's like, she just always looks like she can't move her arms. <laughs> Do you know the SNL sketch that's like, it's Emma Stone in the like, basically, and this is a little bit of a job because, um, not to jab Ann Taylor Loft because that is where Niara works, but it's a little bit of a jab at <laughs> Ann Taylor Loft because they're clearly in an Ann Taylor Loft, but it's Emma Stone's <laughs> in it. And it's like, basically like, this is the most boring clothes so that you don't have to express yourself. Oh, <laughs> and for one of the sure. Lines is Emma Stone saying, um, I like this shirt because it says I am a stranger to myself. <laughs> well, she wears that. Really she dresses so. like that. But then she has, like, a weird Southwestern accessory (laughs) thing going on. And that's how you know she's not just a boring 30-year-old white woman. Now, no, but what I think that we should also say about this is that it's sort of revolutionary. Because I feel like... Bones is my feminist hero. And this is something I learned from Castle. She's a feminist hero. This is something I learned from Castle, which is that in Castle... I can't remember her name on Castle. Um, I've never seen it. Do you know? Nope. Okay, there's a girl who's very, you know, it's a very similar situation. It's, like, a writer, and, like, he's the human, and she's, like, the let's get shit done thing. Uh But basically, I mean, she always has, like, that classically perfect, like, curled, voluminous network hair that doesn't make any sense, which Bones does not have. She's always in a sensible ponytail. Bones is, like, fuck that. My outfit works. I like sex and I'm not afraid to hide it. I'm going to yeah. bite. I'm going to punch people in the face if they're going to get at me and yes. science and yay. Exactly. Exactly. That is her, her vibe summed up. But I like that it's, it. she's really in contrast to a lot of like network hot women. Yes. It, at this time in particular, which is, you know, perfectly curled voluminous hair great clothes i mean her clothes are dorky by by definition like they're always like weird patterns she always has like a weird belt that doesn't it's not just 2005 it's like it's dorky for 2005 and clunky for 2005 and i kind of love that i feel like that this is a really like that's one of the things i've always loved about bones we're gonna get a lot into this up in this podcast we're gonna get a lot into the the feminist power of brennan in the workplace the unsung feminist hero of network television 
Ain't True. nobody talking about bones. No, no one ever talks about bones. It's such a fucking travesty because it it's is. such a fucking great show. You know what? Yeah. And I don't care if the show Bones makes you want to throw up. Fucking pop, <laughs> pop a drink. You should have done. You watch it. What you should have done was trained yourself by eating your dinner in front of Bones for years and years, <laughs> like I did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our episode for the week. We have recapped the pilot. Um, we're very excited to be starting this podcast, so I hope people will listen to it. Our episodes are going to be dropping on Tuesdays for now, so we'll have a, a new one next week. And if you want to get in contact with us, we have an email, which is boneskastpod, that's B-O-N-E-S-C-A-S-T-P-O-D, at gmail.com, boneskastpod at gmail.com. So if you want to tell us your Bones origin stories or tell us something you think about the pilot we would love to hear it and uh other than that we will uh we'll be back next week and bye This is the part in where I would turn off the podcast and be like, this is why everyone shouldn't have technology. Okay. All right. We're I'm in pretty sure we clapped at the same time, but we'll see what happens. I think you clapped after um, me, but it's fine. I think that's because you just heard it after. I don't know. I'm in a really weird void right now. I, I'm in a weird headspace. <laughs> nice. I, feel like I we think really that was the most time. delayed... No, I feel like that was so incredibly delayed. Okay, anyways. And she's like, do you think maybe you, you, you're soft because you connect? Okay, this is bad. I'm so, I'm, I'm so, honestly gonna, I'm gonna cut all of this screaming. Bones is my feminist hero. Okay, before we get into the episode, I want to make sure your phone is still recording. I am. Oh, psycho mode. Okay, and it's cool. 6.53 p.m. I'm gonna cut out I'm gonna cut out me saying sicko mode from the podcast. (laughs) Um when did you say sicko mode? Also just now.